Hello, Facebook. Hello, Mom Cavers. Um, this is the segment that we do nowadays called Ask a Mom, where I take internet famous moms, and that's you are internet famous, Eileen. And I ask them things, and you guys can ask them anything. So um, just leave questions in the comments, and you know, you can ask Eileen anything. She might not answer everything. <laughs> anything whatsoever. Hi, Eileen. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me here today. Hello, mom cavers. How are you? <laughs> hope everyone's so, having a good day. I hope so. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you here. For those of you that don't know, Eileen is the mom behind Autism with a Side of Fries, which is a blog, a Facebook page. It's all the things. And um, <laughs> she, she writes things that are funny, touching, relatable, and also informative. I try. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I so I, I know that because this month is Autism Awareness Month. And um, of course, we're going to talk about that. I have a little thing. Oh, look, I had a little symbol. Uh -huh. um, since it's Autism Awareness Month and we can definitely talk about that and we should. And we're going to I have I have questions for you about being a mom of a kid with autism and about autism. But I just want to say that you're so much more than a mom of a kid with autism. And I bet, I don't know, I'm kind of putting my, myself in your shoes, so tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I bet like every time you have an interview or something, that's all they want to talk about. And you're, you're so much more. So like, I, I know you, if your, 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 other, your parenting stuff that you write is funny and it applies to parenting in general as well. And I just want people to know that they can ask you about anything. Again, you don't have mm -hmm. to ask but yeah. <laughs> So Zayamara says, I love Eileen. I followed her here. Oh, awesome. yeah, I know her. Hi. How are you, Zayamara? I follow you. People are following you around. And I'm attempting to be live on Instagram at the same time. Instagram people, you're seeing the funny setup. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Eileen, we did a live once before, I'm sure. A long time ago, yeah. I had to look up the date today. Do you remember? Do you remember the year? I was trying to think of it the other day because I was I was remembering that too. It was like 2014? Close. 2015. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was I was pregnant with my second child who's now almost six. And um we did a, a live which was then on YouTube. I think there wasn't even Facebook Live back then. No, I didn't <laughs> think that was an option then. Yeah. Wow. That's way back yeah. when. Yes, and I, I had oh. found you back then at first through a blog post that you wrote about um, that was meant for parents whose children had just been diagnosed with autism, and the blog was called How Not to Lose Your Shit. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> you gave six really great examples, and we talked about that. Um, so anybody who wants to see that, we, you know, I can put a link to it later, but look, I found the thumbnail. Um, it was fun, and we had a lot of fun talking. <laughs> And I just, I don't know. So, but this time I think it'll be, it'll be cool to have people can in the comments over here, ask anything that they want. But I have some like really general questions. I, I wonder if you wouldn't mind asking, cause you're like my expert when it comes. Sure. And whenever I have a question about autism, <laughs> I, I look to your page first cause you're up on everything. Um, so the, the most basic question of all for people who are watching, um, and I know this isn't an easy question, what is autism? How would you define it? Oh, okay. Well, first I'm going to say it. I know the autism that I'm an expert in 
is my son's <laughs> autism. Individually, uh, but, of course. But autism, it's most important to remember, it is a spectrum disorder, meaning you will have no two people with autism are the same. Um, they will need different supports. They will have different strengths. Um, but if you're looking for more in general terms, um, it's a neurological condition. It is one where it affects communication skills, um, social skills. Um, it can affect sensory processing issues with how they, uh, how someone hears something, sees something, uh, feeling something. And you know, my son is an example of that is a sensory seeker, as they as they call it. Uh, he's wow. always on the move. He's always on the go. He likes to run. He likes to be physical. Uh, jumping on the trampoline. He loves that kind of sensory input. Um, he is not too much with the other sensory stuff. He's pretty good about that stuff. But things that I will find extremely loud as a mother, because let's face it, our ears are pretty much toast as moms. Yeah. Um, he loves. And, you know, but he can ha he has classmates that will walk around wearing headphones to help protect their ears because they are so auditorially sensitive yeah. to things. So noises that are just very nondescript to us, they can hear, like they'll hear the buzzing of a fluorescent overhead light. Mm -hmm. They can hear it. Um, even just lighting sometimes is, it can bother them. I know another one of his classmates has occasionally worn sunglasses uh, because the, the lighting, he just prefers it to be lower, you know, more shade. Um, so that's another component with autism. But, you know, autism a lot of times in the media um, is portrayed as, unfortunately, a very uh, Rain Man-like stereotype mm -hmm. where they've got some super special skill where they can, you know, drop the toothpicks on the floor and be able to count them. And that is so not the case. That is not the autism, especially that I, we're dealing with in my house. Um, but for most of the general public as well, that is just not the case. So I would tell anyone if they wanted to know more about autism, follow more blogs, less TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good rule about like anything yeah. you want to become an expert in, not yeah. just autism. <laughs> Read more, less TV. Yeah. Um, Kelly's saying, Mama Fry is the best. She's helped me with my own son's diagnosis. Oh, hi, awesome. Kelly. Oh, and hi, hi, Dina. <laughs> hi, Dina. Um, so is autism a disability? Yes. I mean, for lack of better words, it is. Uh, my son has a disability, which means he needs supports. He doesn't go to a traditional school. He actually goes to a school that is just for students with autism. Um, but that's not to say that every child with autism goes to a specialized school for it. Uh, for many years, in fact, my son went to a typical public school until that school system wasn't able to give him the proper classroom environment that he needed to to succeed in. Um, and there are lots of kids that thrive in the public, you know, typical public school environment and do well in it. Um, my son has what is called an IEP. It's called an individual education plan, um, which means his learning is not traditional. We set goals every year with his teaching staff about the things he's going to work on every year. Um, you know, my son is 16, he'll be 17 next month. Whereas, you know, a teenager might be doing more 
for, you know, a typically developing teenager is doing the usual subjects of geometry, calculus, you know, history and, and English lit. My son is working on life skills, vocational training skills, um, you know, basic independent living. Mm-hmm. Um, so his school day look, is very different than a typical teenager's um, just from top to toe. I mean, just the base, just even the basic on his class size, he's in a tiny little tiny classroom. Uh, he's not going in and out of classrooms all day. He's not going in and out of a locker all day. So yeah, his whole, you know, an IEP is great because it's customized to what that child needs. Um, mm-hmm. So I always say that to parents, like that is the goal. You want that IEP because if something's not getting done, you can just pull it up. Be like, here's the receipt. Boom. Like <laughs> it needs to be getting done. <laughs> not even writing. That's always yeah. important with so many exactly. things. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, everybody's watching. If you have any comments for Eileen, just drop them. I mean, comments, questions, drop them in the comments and it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about autism, but yeah, about anything. But most of our questions Mine are about autism because I don't know that much about it, and you are my expert. Um, <laughs> Zamara said the good doctor type. Yeah, but that's, that's another stereotype of autism. I love that show, but um, yes, yeah, inside like that. And, well, you know, it's funny. I've, I've watched exactly one episode of that show, and a lot of people saying, "Well, you, well, you don't watch it," or when Parenthood, that was another show that was on yeah. that had an autism, uh, an autistic character, and they're like, "You didn't watch it?" I'm like, "No," and I'm like, "I live with it." Like to me, it's just <laughs> you don't need to immerse yourself, right? Yeah, like you know, like I gave it the office. That's always my thing. I gave it the office. I don't need to see it on TV, right. and mostly it's because of that. It's that it's not the autism that I can relate to because I don't live with that. I'm not denying that it exists, but it ain't. A, it's not what's going on here. <laughs> well, I love it. it, and and it's a spectrum, as they say, and and like all of human behavior and neurobiology is a spectrum. Nobody is exactly the same, so it's just trying to kind of make these groups so we can sort of help and diagnose. But yeah. Um, Dina says, my son is thriving thanks to the IEP and the help he gets. He has a reading issue and ADHD. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the IEP is so important. Um, how do you diagnose autism? Uh, well, you start with the basics. You go to the pediatrician first. I would tell any parent if they were concerned about a child's development, you need to see your child's pediatrician. Um, the people who can diagnose autism are developmental pediatricians, which is a subspecialty, mm-hmm. or a child psychiatrist, or a child, um, a neurologist that, like a pediatric neurologist that is um, is an expert in their field. This is not to say that some adults don't get diagnosed later in life. They have. Mm-hmm. I know many a parent of an autistic child that once they started going through the process of getting their child diagnosed, realized, hey, I do that. Hey, I did yeah. that. Hey, that's something I went through. Um, and they were never diagnosed as children. Right. And they then go through the process of, of themselves getting diagnosed, which is a whole other thing. But boy, isn't that interesting? Um, because they had things going on in their lives, and especially with women, more than anything, are very underdiagnosed mm-hmm. with autism because how autism presents in women as opposed to men is so completely different. And a lot of it, there is a, I don't want to say a sexism base to it, but it's a lot of, a lot of women I know who are adult autistics said it was, you know, they were told they were overly emotional, dramatic, uh, you know, 
Oh, we're just all that way. Oh, yeah, oh. just like, you're, oh, you're that crazy woman syndrome. You're just hysterics. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was, or, oh, you just have a learning disability or you're just, you know, you have an attention issue. And it was all under this umbrella of actually being autistic. Wow. Um, and a lot of doctors just, it's gotten better now as time has come by. Uh, but definitely there is a wave of women uh, that were never diagnosed as young so children. Yeah. Because as we were talking about, like some of the autism portrayals in TV and movies, mm -hmm. I, I can only think of male autism portrayals off the top of my head. I can't even think of anyone. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Exactly. So yeah, that actually bugs me. Well, when that show, The Good Doctor, did come out, somebody said to me, they're like, one of the reasons, like, why aren't you going to watch it? I'm like, I said, why do we need to see another portrayal of a guy with autism? Like, that was my first thing. I'm like, right. when are we going to get a woman with autism on TV? <laughs> I, I want to see that. <laughs> writers have got to be thinking about introducing a female autistic character. Exactly. So they've got to be thinking about it. Writers, get on that. Yes. Um, but so what kind of tests and things do they do when they're diagnosing? Oh, well, in the case, like for my son, um, we started when he was around two. Um, it's just, it's to them, they don't know they're being tested. That's like the thing, like when they're little, they just think they're playing with these really new, neat people that are coming in. Um, so they're assessing their skills. They give parents very big, scary booklets where it's just, you know, every, and every question has the answer of always, sometimes maybe, you know, one of those types of, yeah. and there's usually like a hundred of those questions, like, can oh your gosh. child um, imitate things that you do around the house? Like, do they do pretend play? Do they, um, do they dress themselves? Um, do they respond to their name? Do they uh, engage in social activities with other children of their age? Uh, do they do parallel play with kids of their age? You know, things like that. Um, so yeah, you get this big fat scary booklet as a parent <laughs> where you have to answer about a zillion questions in it. And then they're observing them as well. It's usually uh, a team of people um, that do it. And that's kind of how the ball starts rolling with it. Um, and you go from there. Uh, the, the key is I tell any parent, if especially when their kid is under three, early intervention is so critical uh, for helping child to overcome the ch basic challenges. I mean, you know, if you thought a two-year-old had a hard time expressing their big feelings, well, imagine you're a two-year-old who literally cannot speak, mm -hmm. like how much even more frustrated they must feel or more scared or overwhelmed they must feel. Right. So it's so important to get them in started with occupational therapy, physical therapy, if they need a speech therapy, um, it really makes a huge amount of difference. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned uh, parents sometimes seeing these things in themselves and realizing they also have autism. So that made me wonder, does autism run in families? Um, <laughs> well, yeah. not being a, any sort of medical expert, I can't really answer that. As I know. Yes I'm, no. I'm asking you everything. But, you're my expert. But <laughs> my opinion, I yes. would say there's a, yeah, there's, there's, there has to be. I often say there's not so much, um, someone might be uh, autistic, but they might be, as I call it, quirky adjacent. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, you might, and again, that's where that autism spectrum comes in. You might have one. 
a member of your family who could be non-speaking, non-verbal, um, autistic, and you might have someone who's maybe they're an engineer working for a fancy chemical company and they're hyper-focused on their job and um, very routine-oriented, very schedule-oriented, and, you know, they could be somebody on the, you know, different tier of autism right. um, that can live independently, that has you know, maybe relationships with a part romantic partner or, um, or children of their own and, you know, that kind of a thing too. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, my own two cents, I definitely think there's you a genetic suspect. component to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I actually don't know what the latest research is about whether there's an actual genetic component. I well, bet. for every study, there'll be another one contradicting right. it. So don't even right. try to keep up. Oh gosh. I know. So that's anything you research on the internet too. You can find yeah. opposite opinions. So um, everybody watching, if you're just joining in, this is Eileen and you can ask her anything about parenting, autism or, you know, life. How are you doing in the, the pandemic world? Oh, <laughs> life. Um, made me think um, well, you know, this year, this past year has been interesting. Uh, kiddo did actually finally go back to school uh, in person in September, knock wood, that stays that way. Yes. Um, we, we went through it. I mean, there's just, there's no other way to describe it for someone who thrived on routine, thrived on structure. And then all of a sudden one day, March 13th, he came home. Guess what? You're never going back to school or so it seemed because right. we had no end date and yeah. everything became over what we're doing now. Um, right. you know, so teachers, teachers, therapists. Uh, I had to, you know, as I said, the scariest thing about the whole pandemic was not, I not only had to become my kid's teacher, I had to become my kid's speech therapist, his occupational therapist, his physical therapist. Oh, that's huge. You know, and you're talking through the, the computer with them and you're making do with what you have. Like, you know, the physical therapist like, okay, do you have a beach towel? You know, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up and we'll put it under their legs. Like they're like, they're having to come up with in their homes, mm -hmm. what you can do with what you got, you know, in your own house, you're MacGyvering a therapy center <laughs> out of your own home. Um, so I give his, his teachers and his therapists a lot of props because whoever could have trained for that when no. they were in school, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard. And my kid's an only kid. So school for him is his social life. If he yeah. wants to see a peer, he's seeing them more at school than he is around my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so that sucked. Plus with the pandemic, it's not like you're going out. No. Uh, so that sucked. Um, and that was uh, the hardest part being is last year, he had just started going off campus with a job coach and he was working um, in various retail spaces. Mm -hmm. And the job coach is like a work teacher, for lack of better uh, description. It's someone that's showing him the skills of how to work. I love that. That's great. And he was loving it. He was working in, uh, he worked at um, a universe, a local university's cafeteria. He did work at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, stocking shelves. He worked at a movie theater, which he loved. And then all of a sudden, that's gone. Because no school, no work. And even though he's back, they're still not going off campus because of COVID. Right. So that's been a really frustrating thing right now because this was supposed to be this critical time where we're supposed to be focusing on job skills and we can't. Ugh. 
Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's been, <laughs> well, it's a good way to describe it. That, yeah. I mean, that just reminds me of the, another thing I wanted to ask you about is you, your child is now almost an adult, a teenager. And first of all, what are the specific challenges for the teen years that you've seen? Oh, um, cause teenagers are really challenging. No that more. is the <laughs> hardest thing I say is I often have to ask myself, is this autism or is this puberty? Yeah. Because they are very similar looking. <laughs> uh, when he gets an idea in his head, there is no changing his mind. And I think any child of any neurology, when they hit those teen years, that's the same across the board. Right. Um, you know, the door, he comes home from school and there's days where he goes directly to his bedroom, slams the door and the music goes blaring. You know, and the first few times that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What's going on? But then I realized I did that. Teenager. As a year old. This is totally typical. I should be happy he's doing this. Yeah. This is, and he's found what works for him, which is give me 20 minutes. I need to like decompress by myself yeah. <laughs> in my room. And then he comes out and he's happy as a lamb. And, uh, uh, you know, those are the things that where I just sit there and I go, Okay, is it autism or is he just being 16? <laughs> and it's hard to tell. <laughs> I think it's that way with like any diagnosis that your kid has, whether it's health or a neurological thing. Like I've had this where there, there are behaviors that happen and you're like, is that a normal kid behavior or is that because something yeah. else, you know, or, or what would they have been like if they didn't have this? We'll never know. We'll never know. We never just know. go day by day. Yeah. So, but you know, there's also other challenges too. Like, you know, he's 16, he has to shave. So I did, you know, there was that day I had to tackle that. And I looked at my husband, I'm like, all right, how do you do this? And he's looking, he's like, you don't know how I'm like, what if I shaved a face? And well, how would I know how to do this? <laughs> you know? oh. So we had to learn how to do that. And now I know how to do that. <laughs> wow. See, but, uh, but those are things like, you know, you have to deal like in teaching him, not so much teaching him hygiene, but like explaining to him, like a pimple's not the end of the world, even <laughs> though we know as a teenager, it does feel like the end of the world sometimes. Yes. And, you know, teaching him how to take care of things like acne is going to happen. And this is what we do when we get it. And, um, you know, I have friends who have teenage girls who are dealing with teenage girls and periods. And mm -hmm. that's. Ooh, hearing their stories, I sit there and I thank my lucky stars. I have a boy and that's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. So that must be very challenging for them. But, uh, you know, those are the types of things that come up when they become a teenager is that you got to deal with teenage stuff. And right. Whew, it ain't easy. <laughs> I don't envy you. Um, yeah. <laughs> then there's the whole transition from, you know, th there's a lot of literature and a lot of resources for parents of young kids with autism, but what is there for the teens and into adulthood? That's the major problem right now is there's not a whole lot of, of programs available. Uh, there is a real severe, they refer to it as the cliff, um, kids that are on the spectrum um, that have IEPs legally are allowed to be in school until they're 21. Mm -hmm. So once 21 hits, it's, whoosh, there's not a lot of programs. Um, the ones that are there don't really serve all the different needs that are out there. 
um, you know, there are some programs that are basically glorified babysitting. You're mm-hmm. dropping them off at a facility because you're a parent yourself and you're still working and you need a safe place for your child to be while you're at those hours. I'm not saying those are bad things. In some places, that is a perfect placement for a certain person, um, but it's not the best placement for a lot of kids. Like for my son, he couldn't go to there. That would be a disaster for him. He'd be bored out of his mind. Um, and one important thing I always remind people is behavior is communication. If your kid is misbehaving, they are t- trying to tell you something. And I look at that scenario and I go, I know what the behavior would be. (laughs) (laughs) I already know what it's going to look like. Um, So it's actually something I've been working on now. I've been recently became involved with an organization in my area um, that's currently building a program for adults who are autistic and 21 and need, as we call it, a continuing education experience. Mm where they will, it'll be a program where they can go get job training, speech therapy, if they still need it, physical and occupational therapy, if they still need it, uh, social skills classes, we are, we physically have the building and we are now outfitting it, um, where it's going to have a, like a a faux apartment, where they can do things like learning how to cook and hosting people and cleaning up after to yourselves and making a bed and doing the laundry and and things like Can that. I send my um, year old <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few people say that to me like, you know, uh, my kid doesn't do that. I'm like, mm, well, get him in there. <laughs> um, uh, but it's going to have like a business in it as well. So it can employ mm-hmm. the adults that go there. So they have a job. Um, so that's what I'm working on. It's I'm worth working with a charity. I'm on the board of a charity foundation called the Mammoth Ocean Foundation for Children, and they are currently fundraising so we can build what we are call, going to call the Achieve Academy for Adults with Autism, and it's going to be for k- kids in New Jersey in the Mammoth County area that are autism on the autism spectrum, 21 and up. So you know, my big thing when he was little is I didn't know what was going to happen to him when he turned 21, and as that number has approached. I realized nothing has changed. Uh, we're kind of still, unfortunately, in the same boat with programs mm-hmm. in my area. So when this opportunity came up to become involved, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to just sit around hoping that somebody else is going to make a program. I'm going to get involved and try to make one. Like I say, I'm selfishly motivated. I want this thing built before he turns 21. Yes. <laughs> it's the best motivation on earth. <laughs> Hey, like any mom, if you can't yeah. find something, you just end up doing it yourself. Yeah, I know a so, lot of parents wind up, have wound up doing that. So, yes, um, Dina says there's a coffee shop by her that does something like this. And Zayamara commented that her son is 22 and he is stuck at home long before the pandemic. Yeah, that is just the case for so many. And uh, the the autism unemployment rate is like between 85 and 90 percent. Wow, which is just it's horrible. Uh, you know, my, my kid loves to be a helper, you know, he's joke mommy's little helper. Well, he's still mommy's little helper. He loves to help and he wants to know what he's doing is meaningful. That's the Mm -hmm. most important thing. He doesn't want BS work, you know, just bullshit work where he knows it's just being made for the sake of keeping his fingers busy. He wants to know what he's doing is helping. Um, so that's why we need to have programs that give them a purpose for going somewhere every day. Um, you know, I think about, <laughs> I think the pandemic is a wonderful ex- uh, opportunity to show everybody, like, look what it's done to us mentally, yes. just being stuck home all day. Well, right. 
we at least think in the sense of, okay, we're getting towards vaccines now and we're, we're kind of seeing sort of an end in sight in this. Well, think about that in their respect. There is no end in sight. It's 22 and now what? Yeah. So. Thank God <sighs> people are working on programs like that. Um, oh, we have a question from Donna. Her grandson is six, level four, nonverbal. Any tips for potty training? Oh, patience, patience, and uh, whiskey for yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, my son took a long time to potty train. It's one thing I have to remind parents, and it was the hardest thing for me to accept, was that you may see your child is sick and go, oh, a six-year-old should be potty trained by now. But mentally, they might not be there yet. Um, cognitively, they might not understand what they need to do, what they need to recognize in their own body of, Oh, I've got to go. I got to get to the bathroom. They may not have that response yet. It hasn't developed. Uh, but what you can do and in this of course works when your child is going to an in-person school, hopefully that's the case in this person's uh, situation um, is you can get that written in the IEP. Oh yeah. Oh yes, you can. <laughs> and the good thing about that is if they're doing the same thing at the school that you're doing, then there's consistency across the board. And that helps that child progress and you can get to that goal faster. So I tell every parent that, that if that's something they want to work on in an IEP, absolutely ask for it to be put in. That's, uh, great. that's great advice. And I don't, you know, any teacher that hems and haws, I always say, you got, two, you got two choices. You can help with the potty training or you can be the teacher that goes and has to change this kid and their wet pants maybe two or three right. times a day. So it's up to you. <laughs> you know, like, let's be smart about this. You can make it a teachable <laughs> moment or you can be cleaning up what, you know, pee pee pants, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the way I say it. But like, you know, most every teacher I know that has even written in and when I've said it before on my page, it said that are like, yes, we will totally work with you on that. Like you just got to ask. That's and that's cool. the thing of IEPs are really personalized. You can do things like that. Ask about that or like toothbrushing. That's another big thing with sensory challenges. A lot of kids with autism have a very hard time with using toothbrushes. You can work on that at school. Ask your teachers. So what this is for. Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably the best advice you've given for anybody is that you have to, you have to ask. You have to be your advocate and get it in the IEP. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Sometimes what people say, will, will say to me, oh, you're an advocate. And I'm like, no, any parent is an advocate. Any True. parent is an advocate. You don't have a choice. You can't be meek. <laughs> you can't be shy. It's out the window. you got to just say it because no one else is going to come around and do it for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, parenting is, uh, is, I have to talk to people now. Yes. I, I don't love the... <laughs> talking to people on the phone <laughs> it really makes it so uh, you have to show up you have to yeah. not be shy um definitely so remind me again what is the name of the project that you're working on the academy uh well if people want to follow along for it it's the mammoth ocean foundation for children it's on facebook it's on instagram um, and they are currently we just started we just had a big huge fundraiser this past weekend we had our first 5k two mile walk uh, that raised a whole lot of money. So that was good. Um, and it is going to be for the Achieve Academy for adults with autism. So wonderful. Well, would yeah. you put that in the comments for people so they can sure. really go visit and learn about it? 
Mm -hmm. And um, I am just really grateful to you for being a down-to-earth person willing to share your information and your struggles with us. Thank you. I appreciate being on here today. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks, everybody. Bye, for everybody. Thanks, world. Where did my cursor go? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I think it's it's ending. Okay. Thanks, Eileen. I just peppered okay. you.